Welcome to an episode of the Art of Mindset podcast with your host, me, Brian Sage. This podcast, if you haven't heard it before, we really aim to explore the untold stories, secrets, and mastering your life, your business, personal growth. I try to prepare my listeners to kind of gain inspiration and motivations from those who have done it before, who have overcome hurdles. And today's guest, they do exactly that. They are extraordinary guests, Zara and Khan, both whom and which have really embodied different aspects. Zara being a visionary of an entrepreneur, Khan being a resilient business leader who's really driven his abilities into cultivating something of excitement. So I invite you to join me on this immersive quest because throughout this episode, we'll unravel the hidden gems of success, sharing and their stories of priceless advice that you can benefit from in ways, really multitude, in ways that are gonna shift your mind provide valuable insights and even strategies to help you kind of understand how to transition into different industry spaces or even ways of delivering the same services when the world is under a turmoil or under change. So stay tuned. This journey will reshape the way you think and empower your growth and inspire you to kind of unleash your true potential. So let's dive in. Khan, Zyra, it's been great chatting with you beforehand to kind of get to know you all and what you're doing in the industry of aesthetics and health and wellness, as well as getting people to kind of be their own bosses. And with that, I wanted to say just first and foremost, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. I always like to kind of just get right into it really just dive in. And my favorite way to kind of do that, and I'll start with you, uh, Zyra, uh, I want to know if you would rolling back the wheel of time, who were you on the playground? What kind of kid were you that kind of let you find who you were as a child in that developmental phase? So who were you as a kid? So I am from a place called Brockton, Massachusetts. Brockton is a city of champions, Marvin Hagler, Rocky Marciano. It's a very rough area. Very immigrant friendly, but it is a very rough area. And I feel that because I'm from Brockton, I had the basis for success because it was such a hard upbringing um, that it led me to be able to take risks that other people probably would not have. Um, I had um, a lot of learning disabilities. I'm severely dyslexic. So as a child, learning was really difficult. And I had some amazing teachers that saw potential in me and they opened the door for me and they gave me a lot of confidence and that's what led me to eventually become an educator was because I found that if somebody could see potential in me then I would be able to inspire others for greatness 
And um, like I say, being from Brockton, it is a very, very hard place where there's gunshots, there's lots of violence. We have um, police guards at all our schools. It's, it's something very difficult. So I absolutely am very proud to be from there. Um, I feel it gives you great character. Um, it's where I, I met my uh, future husband um, that has led me to great success because I feel that in a lot of areas where there is a lot of hardship, you also become very humble. And we see things as a, a blessing rather than, oh, woe is me. We're not those people. You know, whatever is thrown at us, we feel that we can take it. And that's what I feel has led to us in having success. I mean, my father's from South Boston. And if you know anything about that, that's a really hot area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting, again, how everybody's childhood is kind of a little bit different. Some of us grow up in very hard spaces. Some of us grow up in different learning learning environments or even struggle with learning. Uh, Con, if you're willing, uh, is there anything that you're willing to share about your childhood growing up that you remember? Um, with me, my childhood was a little, little bit different. Uh, I was always ambitious. I, I always had a plan on what I want to do with my life. I wanted to be a software engineer since I was little. So I worked um, really hard in my school, went to college. Then I came to America in 2006 for master's. Then I, I did a MBA after that. So I have two masters, one in computer science and one in business. And then um, after we got married, I opened this business for my wife. And then I thought maybe I can do something with it too, because I like teaching. I like art and permanent makeup is all art. So I try to combine both art and teaching into it. And we started this business together. Yeah, that's fascinating. Khan, where are you originally from? I'm from India. India. Beautiful. Yeah, that's the exciting story of just, again, finding that, finding the business model. And I want to talk about that and getting into it and how you guys kind of came to this idea of saying, hey, look, let's start a business. Was it initially Zara that said, hey, look, I want to start a business in aesthetics? Or was it Khan? Was it you? Or where was that? Who kind of facilitated that? So she already had uh, an idea in her mind that she wants to be a business owner, wants to be in aesthetics. So I I opened a business. It, it was just a spa in the beginning. And uh, after that, it slowly evolved into academy because we wanted to teach other people on how to properly do their techniques. So she got into microblading permanent makeup first. And after I see her doing it, I thought this is all math, like all the art, the measurements is all math. So it made more sense for me that I should and that I should look into it. And I got into it and I think I I've been doing it for four years now and I, I really like it. I like teaching others, I like fixing brows, I like to make people look better. So it, it gave me a good different creativity outlet compared to my other full-time job that I have as a software engineer. Yeah, what a shift to kind of say and just thinking of that and just anybody that might be listening saying like software engineer goes aesthetic, you know, or aesthetician, if you will. That's it's quite a shift there for Zara. For you, was it, how did you feel? Where were you in that in that journey of saying, hey, look, maybe the traditional pathway of going to college is not for me, uh, or maybe it was, maybe you did go, right? What was that pathway for you when you found Khan and you were like, okay, now I want to start a business? What was that like? Well, I am already a licensed cosmetologist and a licensed esthetician. I've been licensed and practicing since 2001. And I was teaching 
cancer patients in the Boston area. I used to teach for American Cancer Society. Um, I've done a lot of volunteer work at a lot of the shelters to be able to give back to make women feel powerful and strong um, because if they look good, they feel better and they're able to face the world. So for me, I just did not want to have the, um, I wanted the freedom. I wanted the freedom to be a business owner and to be able to give that positivity to other people. So we designed our business model to not just teach a skill. It is to actually help them open up their own businesses. Because after, as you saw the pandemic, um, people were losing big businesses. So we were lucky that we survived because of the way of our, uh, the structure of our business model. And a lot of our students all over the U.S., because we're not just a local business, we teach in a variety of different states and countries, uh, they've been quite successful. And it's, it's because of Khan's business model that they have had this success. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. I want to dive into that too as well later in the episode of just what is that business model and all the sorts, and we'll get to that. But I'm curious to know for for you, Con, of shifting your gears from being that full time software engineer to saying, you know, I'm going to start a business. Was that difficult for you, or did you just see that transition pretty naturally? No, I still do both. I still work as a software engineer. In my as a, my uh, my full time job in the daytime, and on the weekends and evenings, that's when I work on this business. Uh, it was it was pretty much easy because I've been teaching for a while now. Even when I was in college, I used to teach math, computer science. So uh, it was not it was it was almost very similar. And then starting business was always harder. So I was able to get right in. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, and that's probably something I want to kind of highlight there for, you know, maybe both of you, Khan and, you know, uh, Zara, I want to know for those that might be wanting to be in that freedom path, you guys are helping people kind of start businesses on their own. So you're getting a lot of people that kind of have these questions and these insecurities and these feelings of emotions of saying like, this is a lot like, yeah, I want to learn this skill, but now you're telling me like, to start a business or try to start a business or build my own business model, that can be a lot for somebody. So with that in mind, what would you say to somebody that is in that space and feeling those emotions of, hey, look, maybe I am in my nine to five, but I don't want to be in it or I'm building up my side business and I want this to be my full-time business. Zara, I'll start with you. What would you say to those people? So, like I said, I do not hold um, a background as advanced as my husband in, in masters and in engineering, but I do live in a place where opportunities are everywhere, and people have to be opportunist. And if you see an opportunity and you know that that opportunity can be successful, somebody else may have thought of it too. So jump on it. I I would say. Obviously, don't quit your day job, but definitely you have to be able to take safe risk and understanding of what you're going to get into. Um, I want you to know that there is something also really spectacular that we give to our students that was solely designed. Liaka is actually a partner of Stripe. I don't know if you know who Stripe is and Square. So he is a Stripe partner and he is the sole designer of SmartPay. And this is a 
scheduling uh, money processing app. They get a free subscription when they are our students. He designs this because we had a, a situation with a money processing uh, product that we once used that actually failed us and our business miserably. So he was so fed up that he, he said, I'm designing my own. And it was so good that Stripe picked it up. So like I say, where there is will, there is way. I know that's a very old saying, but I feel that it was scary. And with the right support, surround yourself with people of like minds, people that are willing to actually support you and support your dreams and say, hey, great. But I would tell also people, don't tell everybody, just tell a few people. So that way you don't get discouraged because in the beginning, there's going to be some failures. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have success. You will have success. It's just, it may take some time. Yeah, I like that. I like how you started that whole thing off of the just being opportunistic, right? And being and seeing opportunity for that. That might be natural for you and maybe it is, or maybe something you learned, but there's a lot in the world that don't see opportunity, right? They see a lot of pessimism, right? Or a lot of negativity of saying like, there's not enough, somebody's already going to do that. They're going to do it better than me. They're more educated than me, right? What do you say to those types of people that are kind of just like chopping themselves down with saying like, oh, I missed my chance? I think education is not all. I think it's more experience. Um, It's always better to start small, just get into it, start small and, and grow from there. So I think it's a lot of practicing, not giving up is what will make someone successful. Yeah. Yeah. Those small wins, I like to say early, you know, almost catching those green lights. I think Matthew McConaughey has that book of green lights where you just, you're catching a green light, you're getting a win, you're getting a win, you're getting another win. And that practicing that gratitude of just continually showing up of what you can kind of can control will shift out your shift your mind around that. And I think that's a huge part of it. So with you guys in specifically in your business model, uh, what was it that kind of set you apart that you're willing to kind of sprinkle in and share a little bit of the nuggets of saying, Hey, look, this is how we found our business model. This is what we built our business around. And this is how we're able to just grow. Yeah. We, we started very small, like a lot of people fail because they start too big. They go into it with a lot of money and then uh, they will not get enough clients and, and it's over. So I think st- starting small is what helped us. We started small and then we saw um, and then we, we saw how it went from there and then slowly expanded from it. One of the things that separate us from others is great customer service. My wife is really good with customer service. She, um, she goes above and beyond with all the customers, spends a lot of time with them. Explaining, explaining to them about our business, how how we work, how we are structured. So I think customer service is a big key. And also, we kept it. Um, our classes are small. We don't have hundred people. We don't have twenty people like other academies. We have very small classes. That way, we get to know our our students more, like on a personal basis, and teach one on one, and give all our support and feedback right right away instead of them feeling like they're lost when they're in a big class. Yeah, that's 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 a huge part of it. It's like that uh, customer experience as well as your your own client experience, where you're, you know you're teaching a student that's your client or your student really, uh, and giving them that experience as well as people that are coming in for services of yours now feel as if they're just you know the first one and only one in that in that storefront. That's something that's that's a lot of people are overlooking, and I think you highlighted it as well as where people are starting off too big. They want to figure out how to make a million dollar business tomorrow, and you know they walk in there with 
200, $300,000 worth of debt to try to make, you know, their returns back, but it puts them behind the eight ball from the start. So I think there's a huge practice there of just saying, like you said, starting small and then stepping into that a little bit for you guys. I'm curious in that storefront of what you mean, small or starting off small, what was your client base? Like just starting for students at a time, we, um, we also do private classes. We prefer to only teach four students max. We have done 10 students at a time, um, but we felt that each student was not getting the concept. So it goes back to the authenticity of if you, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Our whole goal was to help these people be successful in starting businesses. If they want to learn a skill, okay, great. But if you want to actually become your own business owner, where are your people? So what happened, we decided that four was max and we provide the model. The model comes in. So everybody's getting a turn. We have, we're able to like assist each person. So if somebody is struggling, I'm able to actually step in. Khan is able to step in. And these people feel actually supported, just like the, it's like a cluster model when you're doing in, in schools where they have the study groups. That's what it's like when they are learning with us. We're on first name basis with our students. We don't forget people. We know who they are. They know who we are. And we're able to help them. They can sit in our class as many times as they need. Yeah, that's that's a huge component of it. And I think, and that's still something you do now, right? You're still yes. doing four. Wow. Yeah. And how often are you, have you picked up speed of how frequent these classes are? Are they double stacked certain times of the week? Well, we're, no, we're seven days a week. So we have uh, most of our classes, well, all of Khan's classes are nights and weekends. I teach most of my classes during the week, um, if not all. And because they are small clusters, we teach during that time. But we're um, a mainly teaching facility. We do also take in, um, people come to us, we do take in and do services, but mainly what we do is teach. Okay. So you're strictly academy now. So that's, that was that, was that the business model from the get-go? No. In the beginning, the, the business model was more like spa-based services, but they turned into more like a hybrid. We do both now. We provide spa services and then we also teach at the same time. And do events. We also do events. We just did a fashion show but we also do weddings. We do a lot of events and parties. We actually have like kid workshops. We do uh, makeup workshops for mommy and me. We do birthday parties. So we do a lot of, uh, so we're mainly classes, events, and some services. What would you say your percentage breakdown is of saying like 80, 20 or whatever of doing what type of services do you think you do more classes, classes. events? Okay classes now classes events and then services okay yeah that's it's so fascinating then you guys were obviously flipped the other way initially when you started right services you wanted to do events wanted to teach is that how it initially started yeah that's right yes and how long were you doing that as a service of just saying hey look i want to i want to start expanding not doing services as much i want to help people find this and do this themselves how long in the business were you not long yeah we, we started as a spa and within a month we changed our business model we tried to wow try different things and see which one works yeah and we also um so like i said i'm from i am from new england i'm a i'm a brocktonian and i'm um, coming from new england 
our education system is very, very uh, different. And so I was struggling to actually hire employees. And I taught in, uh, in schools, um, cosmetology. I, I also did, um, I did a lot of teaching and education as well in my industry. So coming from um, my state and I came here and I had a hard time hiring people, I said, oh my goodness, these people need, um, we need to do training because otherwise we, I, I, will, I wanted to actually train to hire people because it was every time I would hire people from whatever educational background they were coming from, it was really difficult to bring them on. They required so much training. So every time I would bring someone on, I was training anyway. So I said, I got to get paid for this. So it, we we decided that, you know what, we're going to, why why just keep it like this? We, we really want to teach. Let's stop doing this. And um, it just blossomed. And I'm so happy it did. But yes, it um, we went for it. And here we are. Yeah, I think that highlights a part in the business approach of entrepreneurship, as well as just the innovational aspect of thinking about life and the world around us is that Initially, you had an idea, right? This is a service-based business. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to do these services. Then you got to a place where you needed to hire. You found a problem with the hiring. You said, I can't find quality talent. What's up here? And then you're like, instead of trying to train everybody to be up to my par, why don't I just teach from the get-go, from the group ground up and get people to be that way from the get-go? Yeah. And then it sounds like you guys went even a step further and took that and said, Let's teach them how to do the service business as a business of their own. That's right. That is it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. We don't believe in, a lot of people are afraid. They're like, oh, I don't want to teach them because then they'll take our idea. And so I don't believe, I'm not into that. I believe in collaboration. I believe collaboration is key. There's enough people in the world for everybody. So our business model is more about collaboration. I'm, I don't mind if next door is doing the same thing I'm doing. In actuality, I'm actually right next to what? To somebody that is doing the same thing and we're still standing. So everybody has to understand that it's not just based off of how many people are out there or how saturated the market is. If you are good at what you do, people are going to come to you. Yeah. You have to have faith in that. That's so true. So true. And it's, 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 you just brought up the same part of just saying like where people are saying, oh, you teach them and then they're going to take your client base or your business, or they're going to take you out of business. And that's the whole thing of what the premise of how do you start a business is that you have to see opportunity. So again, it seems as if you're defaulted that way, which is awesome, Zara, um, I wonder how how do you think you came to that just understanding of saying everything's an opportunity. Nobody's ever going to take this from me. I'm going to be able to show my value no matter what's happening around me. Do you think that was natural? I think being a survivor, like I said, I am from the inner city projects. I've seen it. I I feel that when a lot of people look at you when you are underprivileged, um, they underestimate the ambition that you have. So it, it didn't bother me to fail, you know, because I knew that no matter what, I've already failed so much in my life, I'm, I'm going to come back and do something else. You just have to be like, what can, what else can happen? You have to have the mindset of like, if this happens, no matter what, I'm going to, I'm going to continue. You just have to keep going. And I don't, I don't feel a lot of, I think a lot of people, they just give up. They're like, okay, this failed, door is closed. And I'm like, nope, we're going to reinvent this. We're going to reinvent this 
situation and we're going to do it better and try again. You just have to keep trying. Yeah. I wish, I wish we could have just people understand that a little bit easier, right? Just one failure doesn't define you two failures, three failures, you know, it's just a process of learning and growing. And sounds like both of you con, especially you're, you're into education and learning yourself. Zara, you're definitely in it as well. Just striving and pushing into that. Um, for that now, I'm curious where your business is kind of at, at its point where you're, you having these classes seven days a week, nights, weekends, you're teaching in the day. Do you have other instructors as well? No, it's just us. Just you guys. It is just you are looking at it. We are the team. I love it. That's all. That's all good. That's that's you have your your basis. You know what you want and what you're delivering and your deliverables and your standards of that. But with that, where do you guys kind of see yourselves going right now? And what struggles are you facing now in this business model of growth and just surviving in this world that we're at? Yeah. So right now the economy is not doing so well. So a lot of people don't want to spend a lot of money. So that means our classes are not happening every every day, every weekend. But still, we are we are making it work. So we do have students coming in because people always want to learn. They always want to try new things. They always want to change their careers. So so even though the economy is a little bit slower, I think it's it's a great um like a great business model to be in like teaching. People always want to learn. We are lucky that we have people that come from all over the world to see Liakith. I actually have students flying in next weekend from Oklahoma just to take our classes. I mean, we have people that come from Israel, from Germany, um, from many different countries just to see us when they come to our location with suitcases. We're like, we're just like overjoyed to be able to give them this opportunity and to bond with these people. We teach online classes too, so we don't just have in person. We actually have online, we have a host program where if a host actually wants to host a class in their location, we have four paying students and the host actually gets their class certification and kit for free. So we'll travel to them. And we don't have an extra cost. The cost is in actual the actual class. Yeah, that's that's a, that's an interesting business model as well. Just being able to do that internationally as well as you know nationally, uh, being able to find your your client base in the in a international level as well as a global. It's so interesting. How, I'm curious, how do they find? How are they finding you guys? What is the predominant way of just coming across to you? That is the secret sauce. Yeah. So we do we do good marketing. Um, um, Google is really good with marketing, and also Facebook, Instagram. So we spend a lot of money in marketing and and just good customer service. It's also word of mouth. So someone takes our class, they really like it, and then they talk to their friends, and that that's how we all also get our clients. Yeah, that that's a, that's a huge part. Word of mouth, obviously SEO, marketing, all those things, the digital spaces. Those definitely are are huge components of that. And I think a lot of people get overwhelmed in that of starting their businesses of saying like, hey, look, I don't I don't know anything about SEO. I don't even know what that means. Or maybe I don't know anything about marketing, all these things. Did you guys know anything about all that stuff getting into this? Yeah. So because I'm from a computer science background, uh, I've been working on designing websites, SEO, marketing and all that. That's why it was a little bit easier for me to just get into it and do it. So I made my own websites, all the websites that you see for the business. I did that. So um, my wife does a great job with Instagram marketing. So we, we are a good team. 
So because of our past experiences, we were able to get into it and do it. Yeah. Well, you're blessed there to be able to have that skill set because not a lot of people are computer literate and be able to do something like that to say design their website or learn SEO or even start to do some pay-per-click ads, uh, any of that stuff. So with that, what would you say to somebody that might not know anything about this stuff, but they're getting like kind of hung on that? Do you think that they need it in order to start? They don't really need that in order to start. They can just start the business. But also there are like a lot of services available right now online where with few clicks, someone can start a website. Just uh, they don't even have to pay a lot of money each month. Just $30 a month, you can have a website now. And with those services, they are built in such a way that they have all the AdWords in it. They have all the SEO. Uh, it's optimized for the Google search engine. So they don't really have to have a lot of knowledge on how to make a website. They just have to start the business and and do it. Yeah. There are a lot of services out there. Yeah, there are. There are. There's a ton of a ton of those uh, services for websites, ads, all of the things. And I think that's a that's a huge part of it. A lot of people get hung up on it, thinking that they need that in order to to start their business. And that's not always the case of being able to do that. So, for you guys, what is what is your next goal? Your big ambition in your business of saying like this is where we're headed. This is what we're most excited about for the future. So next step, we are looking into open a cosmetology school because right now we are advanced aesthetics so we teach students who have some kind of a license or or someone who is out of high school but we want to move more into cosmetology aesthetics undergrad because right now we teach advanced but they don't have to have any license for cosmetic tattooing so we we our school offers um with our training they're actually to get a state license as a permanent makeup artist so if we're an alternative program to people that can't afford cosmetology or aesthetic school. That's what makes us really desirable, is that we're the alternative to helping them actually achieve their dreams if they don't have 20 grand to go to um, cosmetology or aesthetic school. Yeah, that's that's huge. That's huge of just being able to offer that. What do you think is your demographic comparatively age-wise, gender, I'd assume is probably female uh, or something along those lines. What do you think, who do you usually attract as a, as a student in your population? Yeah, uh, we don't have a specific target group because we have students coming from all different um, ages. We have students right out of college. We have some students who are who are in 40s, 50s who want to change their career. And also we have both male and female students because uh, cosmetic tattooing is picking up and um, a lot of uh, males also need some work done. So I think cosmetic tattoo is something both male and female can do. So we don't have a particular demographics for that. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I definitely like the undergrad component of that and transitioning into doing something like that. I would assume there's accrediting bodies that have to get involved at certain certain levels. Yeah, we're actually in the process of it now. Um, we hired people um, to help like CPAs and attorneys. I mean, there's a lot of paperwork that is taking us a, a great deal of time because it's it's a lot to be um, accredited and also be with the Department of Education. Um, the application itself is like 100 pages long. So there's a lot of legal work that has to go into that. But with us being so busy and having a family and being a family business, um, and like I said, Lyakov doesn't just, is, isn't just a software engineer. He's not just... Um, the director of Z Beauty Academy, he is also the CEO and founder of SmartPay. So he still has business uh, appointments to meet with that company and meetings with Stripe. So he sometimes I have to make an appointment for him too. <laughs> so it's uh, he's a very busy man. And um, 
he's he's an inspiration to anyone that meets him. So I mean, he's um, not just he's because he is my husband, but he's a very inspiring person to actually meet. So for him to actually be part of this whole um, classes, everyone that meets him, you'll never have anybody say anything negative about him because he, he is just so authentic. And he really knows his stuff. You know, he's a brilliant, authentic person. It's very hard to find. Yeah, you got the you got the, the one in the million, if you will. That's exciting. Uh, it's uh, it's exciting time to be able to do where you can have, you know, your business partner as well as be your your life partner, if you will, right? Where you get the the family component as well as that. How has that been for the dynamic of that? It's just like, is work talk ever like, we're not talking work right now. Like we have to talk family. Is there hard times there? We do have some times where we, where I say, yeah, that's enough of work talk today. Because being as a business partner and also life partner, that's what we all do. Like talk about business. Uh, so it, it gets tough. But also she is a great partner. Like she does everything that I cannot do, which is communications. Like I am not so good with customer skills and my wife has that. So we balance out. You guys have this, the skills of where one drops while another one picks up. That's a beautiful way. But yeah, I would imagine because even for myself, my wife is not in my business, but she's not like a business partner. Right. But she even says, you know, no more business talk. Right. Like you got to stop for, for a little bit. We got to We got to talk family. So I got I could imagine, you know, having that as a life partner and being like, wake up, let's talk about work. Let's go to bed, work. Let's dinners work, you know, all these things. But it also kind of fuels a fire as well of just growth, you know, because you're kind of both dicing up an idea quicker then versus, you know, how let's hop on a meeting and let's have a meeting with somebody else and then pull up another meeting. So I think, what do you guys think about that, that uh, pivotability, if you will, of that smaller group partnership? Are you guys able to change positions quickly and come up with new ideas in your business? Yes. With, with some of the things we tried, we were able to, and some of them take some time to. Yeah, it depends on how complex the the new idea we are working on. Yeah. Yeah, so during pandemic shutdown, we were able to quickly turn our business into a fully online business model. Wow. Where our classes were on, are online. I used to ship kits and do classes on Zoom. So we, we tried new things. We fail fast. We pick up fast. Yeah. What does it say? Like fail off, fail often and try again? Yes. Go ahead. I believe that one of the most superpowers that help our business is the fact that and why my husband is so resilient and is able to do so many things is because my husband has autism, which a lot of people don't realize what a big superpower that is because a lot of people that are neurotypical, they we just can't imagine. So he's able to multitask and see everything for what it's worth. And he's a logical thinker. We're like a Ricky and Lucy type of a deal. <laughs> so he's very logical. And I'm like, um, I'm more like, oh, we can do it all. And he's the one that really pulls the business model and goes, if we can do this and this and this, we can probably make what you want happen. So he is very logical. and He really sets the tone for everything. And I think um, a lot of that, and I, that is the most inspiring thing too, is that a lot of people that have, um, nor like they're just neurodiverse, they don't realize how amazing they are going to do in this world. So um, having Liakath as a partner has shown me, because we also are the parents of three children with autism, and each and every one of these people 
are just amazing. And, and the things that they're going to do in this world, we're so very proud because we're already seeing how amazing they are. So I think that that has been one of his superpowers that not everybody has what he has to be able to do these very successful startup. Yeah. But he's an inspiration. No, that's something that's definitely, that's a an angle that num- not many people consider, even people that might be listening and, you know, finding themselves in that neurodivergent area of saying, hey, look, I, I don't think traditional models are way that the world kind of says to think. And I think that's probably one of the best ways to really be a contrarian as well as find success, you know, because too many people are following the herd, if you will, following the mass, right, where everybody's focusing their attention. And when you have one person that is seeing things a little bit different, starts to go to a different direction, they find massive success, you know, they really do. And instead of seeing as like a hindrance, I think that's the way like you just spun it, putting it into a super spot, a superpower of just saying, look, this is something that makes you unique and don't, don't discredit it. Don't put it away. Don't hide it. This is, this is who you are meant to share. I love that. I love that for you guys. I'm curious. I want to roll back. You said you'd transition your business completely online. That's, that's an incredible hurdle. How was that for you? Just trying to do that. Obviously it was business like was forced to because COVID was happening, pandemic global, right? We're just trying to having to try to survive. What was that like for you guys of transitioning? from traditional to online. Yeah, even before yeah, even before COVID hit, we did have a few of the classes online. It was totally not online. So we were doing some recordings in the side, um, editing the videos and all that. But as soon as the COVID hit, I, I, we saw that as an opportunity. And then we hosted more online classes. And we I also have good connections where we used to get uh, our products from abroad when everything was shut down here. And we were able to quickly make some quick, make some kits and, shipped to the students. We did really well during COVID. A lot of our friends are out of business. I'm so sad to tell you, I was actually stuck in Boston. I couldn't get, I could not get back home. So I was stuck in Boston. um, And I, he was stuck in Florida because they shut the flights down. I went, I went down because, you know, there was, um, there was a death in my family. So I, I stayed, I was with my mom and I have, uh, we have another son that goes to college in, in Boston. So he, me, him, and my mom were all stuck in the house for the weeks. And I didn't know when I was coming back. And there's my husband with the kids and um, with my other kids that were here. So because we have, we have four together and we had three of them here. And we didn't know. He's like, you have to stay there because I wasn't driving and I don't drive on highways. Just to let you know, I don't drive on highways. So he knows I was never coming back. So I'm stuck in Boston and he's in Florida and, and everything was shut down. And our business was the only thing that was making money. Wow. It was, we couldn't believe it. That's crazy. It was, um, it was crazy because a lot of people, friends, businesses, they were like long-term businesses gone. And there we are. We're like, well, we don't know why we're making so much cash because people had nothing to do because they had the stimulus checks and they were at home. So we did well for the pandemic, which I don't want to say, because I know a lot of people, I mean, it was a very terrible time, but business-wise, our business was very fruitful during that time. I don't know what has changed with everything being so slow, 
right now, but I do I do know a lot of people are struggling right now because of the inflation. So that's why we also are we're having a sale for our uh, classes right now to be able to help back to school bash sale. And um, we always offer payment plans to a lot of our, our moms, single moms. Um, we, we give back. We help people. So that's um, understanding. A lot of schools, they just want their money and they want it now. We, we know that we want to work with our students because if we give them, if, if we give them our loyalty, they will also give us their loyalty. I can't tell you how many students have referred their family, their friends. I mean, we've trained mom, how many moms, daughters and fathers to see us. So for me, that says more to me when we've trained moms and daughters and, and sisters and brothers to come and see us versus I just trained one person in the family. Yeah. No, yeah. You're getting the whole family. You're getting the whole kit and caboodle, if you will. That's uh, that's awesome uh, being able to do something like that. And then I'm curious with, for one, that's awesome that you're helping people, you know, struggling and trying to help create services and packages that can, can get them to change their lives and transition their lives out of a struggle place where they can kind of take ownership of their own destination a little bit. They feel in control again. But also I'm curious on with the online transition, how, how, how quick was that, Con? How quick did you guys shift from? It was matter of like few days wow that's incredible yeah so i already had the videos i already had the pl- platform it was it was quick quick swift wow yeah i think that's probably a huge testament of being able to do that and have like you you were saying zara that business success there of just shifting from through a time that where people were losing businesses is that pivotability of being able to do stuff like that so con did you do all of the transition if you will of hosting these classes on a virtual platform and videos and all the things yeah so most of these are pre-recorded videos that we were able to quickly record and then we also had something done before pandemic hit so i was able to quickly edit them and host it online yeah there are a lot of tools out there that can help with whatever business you think whatever idea you have what tools did you use i'm curious vimeo to host my videos because they don't show ads on it, yep. whereas YouTube sometimes show, shows ads. And also they are a little bit expensive. Vimeo has a great quality. So that's what I used to host my videos. Well, editing software was your go-to. Uh, Premiere Pro yeah. by Adobe. Yeah. So I use all the Adobe suite. Nice. Yeah. Those are those, those are those skills that, again, if somebody's listening and doesn't want to go into aesthetic business or something and they're learning, they're interested in computers or science, computer engineering, any of those things, computer software, those are great tools and skills that can be really exponentially beneficial later down the run. Did you learn those on your own? Yes, I, I learned it as I go. Nice. Like I, I did not have any experience using that. So I started with a small video, playing with it for 10, 15 seconds. And that's how I was able to add more features to it, like picture in picture, transition sounds and all that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's again, a testament of doing, of just saying again, just, always wanting to learn continual education don't know a platform people could people could technically and that's why some of the businesses did fail in covid saying hey look run into this wall you were already playing with it a little bit which is good but run into this wall where traditional models aren't working business models aren't working where we can't have a class setting anymore and they're like oh i need to get on and figure out how to use premiere pro or adobe suites or any of that and they're like no I'll just try to figure out how I can take this P, triple P loan out and maybe my business will survive. That's where they went wrong. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that was a huge part of it, right? And just for you guys, and I think that's why success is probably moving the way that it is for y'all. With that, how did you kind of, 
I keep highlighting on it, but I feel like it's this message of this this show. It's just how do you find that innate curiosity to say, I don't know anything about Adobe Suites or sorry, whatever you ran into with like, I don't know about anything about this accrediting body or how to create an experience that everybody's going to love, but I'm going to figure it out. How do you get other people to embody that same energy? I think you need to have passion and fire to do that. If you really want to do something, you will find a way to do it. That's the main thing, not giving up because it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of sleepless nights. Just try it. It's not easy. No, it's not. I feel that with everything, you have to believe it and then be able to sell that dream because people are buying you. You are the experience. If they come to you, it's because they're buying you. They're not really buying the product. So you have to be secure what you're doing so they're gonna buy it if you're not secure and you're you're flopping around like eh, i'm not quite sure about this you know we'll see how it goes if you're not sure they're not going to be sure and nobody's buying unsure you have to be sure you have to believe and at the end of the day you have to just i feel you really have to be fearless and just um <sighs> you have to say fuck it that is the the end of it is this the because at the it, it sounds very simple but if you can't you're not going to follow your dream. Everyone's dream has a risk. There is a risk associated with being a business owner. Yeah. So if you're not ready to hop on and just say, you know what, I'm putting, I'm going to do this. If I fail, I fail. I don't believe that there's a successful person out there in any, anywhere that has said, oh, yep, I was 100% so secure that I was going to make it. You just don't know. So if you're not ready to say, fuck it and go, then this isn't for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. It, that is true. Um, yeah. Getting that clarity, I think, is the hardest part. Just getting that belief so hard in yourself of saying, like like you said, fire and passion cons. Or like you said, finding that belief and driving toward it. For you guys, you knew, right? This is This is it. I'm not doing it. Zara, you said you've come from it, humble humble beginnings, right? Struggling there, Khan. You came from another country, came over to America here, finding that fire again, that passion of saying, there's, I'm going to be successful here in this country. Um, there's a lot of opportunity in that. And I think a lot of people that are the ones that are quick to say, hey, look, there's there's just not enough here. Or I don't know what my passion is, or I'm not sure if I should do this or not. Haven't really had the struggle right? The real hunger of what it's like not to have something. And then once they get a taste of it saying, oh no, I'm never going back. Right. Because I think that's where you guys are probably at. I am never going back, man. I have had food stamps. I have missed meals. I have had like walking and carrying groceries. I have, I have been sick in my life, have a lot of health issues. I am not going back. I was making phone calls from my, from my hospital bed, getting blood infusions because I have a blood condition. That's how success driven I am. I got an IV in my arm and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be there for you, Brenda. Don't worry. It's going to be hard work. <laughs> okay. So if somebody is thinking it's going to be like easy, like there are days where I know he just wants to cry and I'm crying and I'm like, oh man, I can't do this no more. You know, there was a point I told him, I was like, let's just get rid of everything and I'm just going to wash windows. <laughs> and he laughed so hard. I said, the hell with it all. Because 
it, it can take a lot out of you, but you have to be like, all right, window's out for me. Yeah. We can do this. Yeah. That's huge. Pick yourself up and just go. It's huge. That's huge. Those are those are big points of it. And I think that's really that you nailed it. You nailed it. Both of y'all really nailed that there of just saying again, how do you kind of push into something that you you're not too sure about? You feel that you want to change your life. You really want to start a business. You really want to do this. All these like thoughts. Take an action on one. Like find one that you're really absolutely curious and passionate about and get going on it. And I think that that's it. That's it for it. So we're coming to the end of the show, but I got a couple more questions um, for you guys real quick. I want to curious for both of you. I'm going to hit this one from both of you, but I'll start with you, Con. If you could say anything to anyone that is basically, we'll say a younger person, we'll say in their maybe graduating high school, early 20s, and they're just starting off their life, what is one piece of information or knowledge or advice you'd provide to them? Take risk. They need to take risk. They need to be, it's not easy out there. They have to try it, not give up. What are the passions they had? Like right now in this age, people are making money just making videos. They're making money by playing games. Whatever passions they had growing up, that can be turned into a business. Like if someone wants to, they like shoes. Okay, sell shoes. So there are a lot of opportunities out there. You have to just find the passion. And, and work on it slowly build it up from like baby steps not just throw a bunch of money in it yeah and not give up is the main thing i think that's good zara what about you patience with yourself and i tell young people not to overshare your dreams because there's a lot of dream crushes only surround yourself it could be your family or your friends only surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up when you are down. Do not tell everybody, do not broadcast half in because sometimes it doesn't take off. And then everyone's like, I told you they couldn't do it. So that's what I tell. Have patience with you, believe in you, you know, have faith, whatever faith they have, hopefully they have faith, you know, and um, they just trust in God, in themselves and don't surround yourself with, with toxicity. Make sure that you are away from people that are toxic. And because I always tell all of my students that they are, they are powerful. They have a meaning. If this is what you are meant to do, it will. And if this isn't what you're meant to do, then there'll be something else. I want people to be resilient. No matter what happens with our business, we still create. You know, okay, if this wasn't taking off, well, something else will. Keep throwing that ball at the wall. Something will stick. Yeah. Those are those are two huge things. If anything bubbled down also in the end, end of an episode into the most powerful content or really voice notes out there. Those are those are two of the biggest messages that I for one need to hear as a business owner. I know other business owners want to hear people that want to be business owners need to hear people that are just in the world working their traditional nine to fives going through tough times inflation economy uncertainty all these things both of those are just a testaments of strength and the humanity aspects of what we can do as a species so that's massive this has been a great episode and i love chatting with both of you um Zon, or, uh, zara and khan um i really appreciate you guys coming on the show and having this time with us and letting our listeners kind of gain into the insights of your business as well as your mind. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having us. Have a great day. Thank you. And thank you for joining into another exhilarating episode of The Art of Mindset. 
Our conversation with Zara and Khan was one that's really transformative and it begins to understand the balance between life, business, and mindset and pushes us to the next level. So I invite, if you're looking for more inspirational shows, episodes, stories, previously recorded episodes are always accessible. And if you don't mind, hit the five-star rating, share this podcast, leave a review. It's really how we grow and expand in this story of personalized guidance, as well as simply sharing success stories around the art of mindset and remember your journey to greatness is just beginning keep believing in yourself and stay tuned for more incredible episodes on the art of mindset